0: No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Well, welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors, hour number two. If you're just joining the broadcast, we're talking about all things guns this evening. I got Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith at Firearms Service Center here with me tonight. The numbers to reach us: 571-8484 or one 800 444-8484. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Judith on the line. Judith, can you hear me?
3: I can, Jim. How are you this evening?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for holding through the news break.
3: That, that's fine. I just had a, a kind of an odd story to tell. We were out last week visiting my aunt out in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and In the area where she lives, they have deer that just roam through the neighborhood and they're not, they don't see people as a threat and they'll wander through the yard. And so we were out on the deck and my aunt's cat was on the deck with us and there was a small group of deer there in the backyard and, and, and the group was a little fawn that still had spots. Well, the cat jumped off the deck. He saw a squirrel and the, the doe, she ran at the cat charged the cat and was stomping and snorting. I didn't know deer could make such noises. And she chased the cat back up onto the deck and stood there and stomped and snorted and carried on and turned all around until, I guess, she figured she had done a sufficient job of scaring him away. And then she turned around and went back to the rest of the group and to her baby. And we all just sat there. We... All were like, well, I've never seen anything like that before. I didn't know that the deer would think that that this little house cat was a threat to her baby, but I guess she did. They're
2: very, very protective mothers uh, and actually will even fight off coyotes uh, that are attacking their fawns if they're close enough when the attack happens. Uh, I've got videos here of uh, deer that actually killed uh coyotes and it's yeah. pretty amazing they uh we had a uh some pictures and a story earlier this year of a of a, a doe that killed a vulture that was attacking a, a fawn i mean they're they're very aggressive about protecting their babies and that's uh that's yeah. a great story i'm glad you shared that with us
3: yeah, she was. I mean, this is just a little, you know, a little ten or twelve pound house cat, but she she put him back up on the deck. She didn't seem to be bothered by the humans that were there, but boy, she didn't like that cat at all. So I just <laughs> thought that was an interesting story that that she was she was protecting her baby from that little cat.
2: All right, Judith. I so, sure appreciate
3: it. Okay, thank you. Have a good evening.
2: You bet. Let's go to Gary or uh, Barry, excuse me, that's on hold. Hey Barry, can you hear us okay?
0: yes
4: um i I live in louisville i've really never been able to um find a good dove plot to
0: hunt is is there
4: any public land that uh around the louisville area i mean not too far i don't care to drive you know yeah
5: there are there are lots of public fields that the state contracts for, and it's listed on their websites so all you have to do is go to Kentucky Fish and Wildlife website and look up public dove hunting. Uh, it used to be that Yellow Bank was about the only thing that was open, but now uh-huh. the the state is actually paying farmers to open up their land for dove hunting.
2: And and some of them are really excellent shoots. They're uh, they got good doves and, and uh, they can be a little crowded, of course, because of the pressure from the public needing places like yourself, but uh, to Gary's point, you can just go on there and they'll give the dates and and, uh, all that information right there on the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources website.
4: Okay, and I guess uh, the
2: earlier the better. The early season
0: uh, would would be
4: better? Most
5: definitely. Most definitely. Your biggest factor (laughs) is they migrate. So when one batch migrates out A couple of weeks later, a lot of times we'll have a second batch come in, but it's never the volume that it was the opening three or four days.
2: Okay. So what's the website I should go to to look? The Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources. Just Google KDFWR, go to their home site, and do a search for public dove fields. It'll take you right there.
4: Okay. All
2: right. All right, guys. I appreciate your show. I listen to it every week. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Yeah, all uh, right. Let's Thank go to Bill, who's you. calling from Saint Matthews. Hey, Bill, you're up. Hey, Jim. How you doing? Good, great. Um, Thank you.
0: Two years ago, I called your show because I had a hummingbird nest in my backyard. First hummingbird nest I'd ever seen, and I cut it down and saved it. You know, curio cabinet kind of thing. Right. But this year, I had another hummingbird nest. This year, there were two eggs, and they both hatched, and they were doing great. But then one day, one of the young birds pushed the other one out of the nest. And it was hanging on to the side of the nest and kept lunging, trying to get up back in the nest and couldn't do it. So I tried to pull it off the nest and put it back in there, but it was I was afraid it was going to break some bones because they were just, it was clutched on there with, for dear life. It was getting late at night, and all of a sudden I remembered that old nest from two years ago, and I clamped it below the nest because it still had a short stub of branch sticking out of both sides. I clamped it below the nest, and I just... Couldn't do anymore, and so I went in, went to bed. The next morning, somehow, the bird that had been pushed out of the nest ended up in that second nest. So this mother bird had now a two story nest. That morning, I woke up early just to be sure, and that mother bird came and inspected that rig for a good 20 minutes before she finally said, The first bird in the top nest. Then she re- leaned over and fed the second bird. That's uh,
2: really cool. That was a very innovative uh, thought process on your part. I applaud you for that.
0: And you uh,
5: made a cute movie, too. I,
0: I, I, I've had two nests in this one tree in three years, so I'm going to rig up a some kind of. Camera for any future nests, but uh, I didn't want to just you know disturb this one this year with a bunch of construction or whatever. Um, but the second one fledged four days after the first one, so I don't know if that's trauma or it really was a runt or what. Um, but uh, I thought that was that was pretty cool. I, I had some pictures I tried to send you, but that's Jim Strader Expo. Email was no good. Yeah,
2: you need you need to go to my Facebook page. Mr.
1: Um, Jim Strader right, Outdoors
2: I, on Facebook.
0: Jim Jim Strader Outdoors. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll send those to you. Uh, anyway, I'd I'm love to see cool if
2: That That is a great story.
0: All right, that's all I got, though.
2: All right, sir. <laughs> hey, Thank Gary, you, Gary. That's,
5: that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean. That- it's pretty neat. Yeah, that,
2: I don't think I've ever seen a hummingbird nest. I've seen them after they were fledged, you know, come across the nest, mm-hmm. but I've never seen the the young in there. And I'd love to, because good grief, they got to be about the size of your little fingernail. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, if that big, you know, very fragile little bird. Well, that's cool, Bill. I I really appreciate you sharing that. These are good wildlife stories that uh, mean a lot to everybody. All right, folks, I'm going to go to break here real quick. The numbers call us tonight, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. The 2021s are in. They've got deck boats, pontoon boats, uh, falcon bass boats, and a new line of low aluminum boats. They're the new dealer in the area for low aluminum boats. and got some great models that you can, Take a look at So go see them. Mention my name. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI
0: Marie. And
2: we're following the werewolves of London here. Jim Strader Outdoors. Uh, funny little ditty from yesteryear. Always got a kick out of that song, Gary. <laughs> uh, the numbers tonight, 571-8484-1800. 444-8484. Let's go to Tom, who's been holding on through break. Hey, Tom, how are you
1: tonight? I'm doing well, Jim. I hope you and Gary are doing the same. Hey, we're, we're
2: doing a lot better than we deserve. I think I can speak for both
1: of us. <laughs> well, listen, I heard the story about the uh, woman talking about the uh, the deer running her cat off. And I was thinking about the same thing. I was down. I got a place down in Rough River, and I was sitting on the deck. And there was a rabbit down there. It's been hanging around. And I figured it must have had a nest. And two crows came in. One lit in a tree, and the other one landed on the ground. And that rabbit took off after that crow, and run that crow off. That crow went to about ten yards, and landed again. That rabbit took off after him again. And I thought that was amazing. I didn't think rabbits were real aggressive.
2: You know, I've observed rabbits doing that before, because crows are really bad nest predators, as I'm sure you're aware. And uh, I've seen rabbits do that as well. Now, if there's two or three crows, that usually doesn't have a happy ending, because the Rabbit darts at one crow, the other will jump in and grab one of the baby rabbits, and off they go. Uh, they're, uh, they're a pretty vicious predator that way. They're they're bad about stuff like that. But uh, rabbits can be very aggressive that way. So that's another great observation. I appreciate you sharing it with us. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, and you guys have a great night. You Thanks. too, partner. I appreciate it. Let's go to Perry. He's calling from Bullock County. Yes, Perry.
4: Hey, fellas, I got a, uh, a cow-calf elk tag in Wyoming, 36, area 36, and an antelope tag in area 102 around Buffalo, Wyoming. I have no idea what I'm getting into. If anybody has been there and could uh, give me any kind of advice on uh, what not to do, that'd be awesome. That's one Don't thing. get on
5: land without permission.
4: <laughs> I got Onyx maps, and I got all that loaded on the GPS, and I called them about crossing corners. I think I've covered all that. But yeah. uh, another thing I got is uh, I got a Pole BX-3 riflescope, about three years old, with nice riflescope, and it has a coin adjustments, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. I ordered a, I ordered a turret from loophole that uh, screws right onto that, and it's got a little uh, concave uh, piece that goes into that coin notch. And uh, I'm just wondering, uh, is that scope with with that turret like there? Do you think that it is is fully uh, adjustable for range and stuff when you're doing, you know, shooting long range and Constantly adjusting it in and out—is is that scope really made for that kind of a adjust,
5: constant adjustment? In one word, yes. Okay. The uh, okay. you're 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 better off if you have a thirty millimeter tube to work your adjustments. But uh, you know, we started doing this with Leopold scopes in particular, Lord, thirty years ago before they ever came out with the, the, the turret systems. And we would hand program uh, those turrets for, for range capability. And it works regardless of what power the scope is on, which is about the only system that there is in existence that has that capability. So it doesn't matter whether you have five power or you have nine power, the, the drop compensating system on the turret works
4: And you don't think that it matters how? Because I'm doing a lot of long range shooting right now, practicing out to 400 yards, and I'm I'm adjusting quite a bit. So I'm just I, sometimes I question if that scope is really meant to be adjusted like a newer turret system scope is.
5: Yes, or a couple of years old. Yeah, it, it's fine. Um, the the whole hey, key factor is. is The whole key factor is the um, accuracy of the – did you have loophole program the turret? No, it just
4: screws on. You take the cap off, and you screw that on. You get that slot into the coin slot. You tighten it up, and then it's there. And then a piece screws on top of that, and you've got set screws that tie into that. And uh, you can turn the turret just like anything else. It's quarter-inch minute of angle adjustments
5: and uh, I got a little cheat sheet that I put together for the load. Right. That that, was. that's on. what I was going to ask you if, you, if you had your ballistics table to go in hand-in-hand with it.
4: I do, and that's another question I was going to ask you. I'm a, I, I kind of just, I don't want to get too complex. I just want one cheat sheet. I want, so since I'm going to have the opportunity for an elk, And an antelope in the same area, obviously two different parts of the area. Uh, I'm kind of just wanting to go with a 165 grain bullet, which I believe is kind of big for an antelope, but uh, it shoots best in my gun, so I think I'll be all right, don't you think?
5: What caliber is your gun? It's three oh eight. Okay. 165 is the preferred bullet. Now, when you go talking about shooting a cow elk, which can be up to 600, 650 pounds, you need to make sure that bullet is properly constructed for that animal. Uh, It doesn't matter what bullet it is on an antelope. They're going to be dead. But that elk, you need a bonded core bullet, something where the lead and the jacket are welded together.
4: Well, I've I've been shooting uh, Hornady interlocks, Boat tails,
5: and uh... Uh, that 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 will be a fine bullet for your antelope. It is a little lightly constructed for your elk.
2: What would you recommend, Gary?
5: The best bullet on the market is the trophy bonded tipped, followed by the Swift bullets, um, which Remington loads in the Swift A frame, um, and then uh, a couple of the the Winchester bullets. That are, um, that I, I honestly right now uh, the name uh, evades me, but but they are cord bullets. In a cord, what we're talking about, a cord bullet, the jacket and the lead are welded together, therefore, you cannot have jacket core separation, so you get a perfect mushroom every time. If you have jacket core separation, Neither projectile is taking a straight line through that animal. Uh, And that's where you get a lot of wounded animals.
2: I have a recommendation about your your units and your uh, hunt. Contact the conservation officer in those units. Ask them if they have any suggestions about areas where you can obtain permission. And they'll be a great source to help hook you up with a guide. In the area. A lot of people are timid for some reason about talking to conservation officers, but you know these guys—they uh, make their living out there. They know the area, and you'll find them most helpful in most cases.
4: I called the wildlife habitat uh, or the uh, wildlife biologist in that area, and she uh, she gave me a few tips. Be honest with you, you, know, she didn't seem like she was real knowledgeable about. Uh, where to go and where not to go so anyway well if somebody's out there and they know something about that
2: well she she's management management is a different animal than the hands-on boots on the ground every day patrolling and what have you that the conservation officers do so my recommendation again would be contact that conservation officer Uh, in that unit, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised about your results. I've done that all my life for bird hunting, deer hunting, you name it. It works out very well. All right, folks, we got to go to news break here. This break is presented by Paul Thomas of Mossfield Properties, Heart Realty. He's got all kinds of farms, wildlife management properties, and vacation homes for sale. You can check them all out on his web at M-O-P-H-A-R-T-Realty.com. And we're back on Jim Trader Outdoors. numbers tonight talk to Gary Roman, Master Gunsmith, at Firearm Service Center, are as follows. 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And we've got John Bishop on hold here. He's got a special event. Uh, situation coming up. Hey, John, can you hear me? Hey, Jim. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, glad to get you up here tonight. I know you got something really exciting to talk about.
6: Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to jump right in, if that's okay. First off, I'd like to say hello to Gary, because I understand Gary's a good supporter of ours, and, and uh, somewhere along the way I'm going to tell you how, you, people, how your your uh, listeners and buy some tickets. And one of those places is at Gary's uh, Firearm Service. So, in fact, we had one of our sales teams out there last Saturday at uh, Firearms Service. But, anyways, let me tell you who I am. I'm John Bishop. I'm with the Marine Corps League here in Louisville. That's a bunch of Marines, about 270 uh, of us on the rolls. And we do a variety of things real quick. Um, we do a lot of honor guards at funerals for Typically for veterans, uh, we don't limit the Marines, but um, uh, that's something we do. We pretty much manage the Toys for Tots for this area and about five counties surrounding the area. Uh, We support the junior ROTC units. So we do a lot of things as Marines who have served and and to be very honest with you, still serving. So we give of our time and our efforts. So one of the ways that we use to fund our efforts is a yearly raffle. Um, this year we uh did a couple of things a little bit different and uh you know the virus got us a little bit nervous, but then we decided, hey guys, we're Marines, we're moving forward, right? So we have and so far we've been doing very well with you know help of guys like Gary. So um let me tell you what we've got here. We got uh three prizes. We start out in September, uh, you know, your customers can buy a ticket. Um, They go in a pot, and we pull a a ticket in September at our meeting uh, on the 21st. We're pulling a one-year membership to Louisville Armory. They were very gracious. Got some good friends over at that uh, location as well, so they get a full year's membership. In October, um, one of my favorites is a custom knife by Jamie Randell. Jamie Randall is a, a former veteran, Marine, and Army that heard over in Iraq, uh, studied knife-making under Gil Hibben. I, some of your uh, uh, listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with Gil, made the knives for Rambo and some of the other movies, a custom knife builder. Now, Jamie built us a knife unique for us, and and that's actually going to be drawn in October, October 19th. So a lucky winner will win that. And then in November... Uh, November 16th, we're drawing it for an M1 Grand. Now, that M1, which, again, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, uh, as Patton said, I believe something to the, uh, quote, uh, the rifle that won the war. I may not be totally accurate, but I'm close. Uh, But the M1 Grand, it's a DCM. It's from uh, Department of Civilian Marksmen. And uh, it's got a new stock, uh, new barrel. Uh, in fact, Gary's keeping one at his place for us uh, during the week, so he can show it to anybody who wants to come in and take a look at it. So it's kind of a, a, a piece of history, but it's fully functional. So, you know, it's been certified by DCM, and uh, we're, we're selling tickets uh, to be very direct with you. We're doing well. You know, it's we're doing a lot of things uh, correctly. Um, your customers can get them in, a, in pretty much three or four different ways. One is like I said, Gary's selling them. People can go into his location, of firearm service, and buy a ticket. Uh, we have sales tables set up on the weekends. Our people, like I said, give them themselves their time. And so we go around to different locations that uh, are friendly to us and allow us to set up a table, and we show a rifle, and we show the knife, and, and uh, whatever. So we have those different locations. Uh, number two is um, if they want to use PayPal. They can go into our website. Now, the easy thing to do, if they're familiar with how to Google, is just do MCL 729. That takes you to our website, which is KentuckyAnimarines729.org. Kentucky org. You hit on events. It takes you down to Raffle. You go to Raffle. It takes you right to PayPal. Now, over the phone like this, that Probably sounds a little confusing, but just Google MCL 729, go to events, or I'm going to give you my email address. If somebody wants to email me, I'll walk you through it or handhold you on how to buy tickets. And that's J-E-B, like Jeb, 2144. That's jeb2144 at gmail.com. You can email me and, uh, and I'll walk you through how to do it, which means you can also send checks and whatever. So we're going to draw for those three prizes. We're pretty excited about it this year because if you get a look at these, at these M1s, we have two of them. We're going to, we're going to raffle one of them this year and, and possibly do the second one next year. Um, it's pretty neat. This knife is a piece of art. Um, if you ever get a chance to meet Jamie and look at some of the knives that he makes, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's art. It's artwork. I, you you probably are not going to go out and cut the limbs off the trees with his stuff. I mean, it's, it's a uh, really classic stuff. I, uh, my congratulations to him um, on helping us out on this program. So uh, I went fast and furious um, because I want to make sure I got in my time limit here. But is there well, any questions
2: John, you two may have? John, uh, a couple quick questions here. Please. Uh, first is, are pictures of the knife and the guns and what have you on your site? Uh,
6: no. But that's a good that's a good point. I can do it. It's, uh, they're on our – I'll make sure they're on our Facebook. I've got pictures of them.
3: <laughs>
6: yeah, yeah no, that's right yeah Gary, you're not exclusive to us buddy but we sure appreciate what you're doing for us um i'll tell you okay what, i'm going to find a way to make that happen we'll get pictures up of them i mean the m yeah. one is just i mean it it, it almost it's a
5: very is nice good. rifle it really and,
6: is and the m1 what real quick on the m1 too uh, one of them was made in April of 42, and one of them was built, Winchester, both of them, and one of them was April of 43. So they're, uh, um, you know, they are, I don't know what the history is, but
2: they're the, they're the originals. Good. Okay. Agreed. So the easiest place for people to uh, access your site is what, again, the easiest place? <laughs> okay. If, if I, what I would do.
6: The easiest thing is M, like Marine, C, like Corps, L, like League, MCL-729. Just Google that, okay? Okay. And, and that'll take you to KentuckyAnimarines.org. That's our website, our website. If you go on the website, you go down, you'll see a, a line of different things that we're involved in. One is events. You click on events. It'll drop down, it'll say Toys for Tots, and it'll say Raffle. If you click on Raffle, it'll take you right to the PayPal site, directly
2: to it. All right, very good, sir. We'll uh, obviously uh, get that word out, and I'll uh, try to see that we put that up on my site, uh, on uh, Uh WHAS, where people can access it. And we'll, uh, Uh we'll be glad to get the word out for you, you know. Folks around here, everybody knows what Toys for Tots is. That's one of the greatest programs that we have for underprivileged kids uh, during the period around Christmas, and you all have always done a fantastic job. How much are are the raffle tickets, John?
6: Oh, they're $10. Good good question, $10, and uh, we will allow you to buy more than one, so, you know, not to worry.
5: And they have a special. You get 10 of them for $100. (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, the state tells us we can't make a deal, and we're, we're doing everything the state tells us. Unlike last week's show, I, I shouldn't have brought that up. Okay. <laughs>
2: well, uh, hey, that's fine. I'm not bashful about what I say. <laughs> that
6: was an interesting show. I learned a, a new appreciation. Not, I didn't learn new news, but uh, you, uh, my credit to you guys. I really, I mean, you're a good, strong voice for the. For the public, thank you.
2: Well, it's it's a big responsibility, and hopefully, folks feel like I rise to the occasion. John, I appreciate yeah. it very much, and great luck with this. And, and uh, I think you're going to do great. And again, they can look at the rifle at Gary's shop this Isn't week. Right? Yeah. Yep. And you have a picture of the knife there? I think so. Uh, okay.
6: I'm going to get you a picture. Um, if Rick gives me a call back or sends me an email, I'll uh, send you one online. Um, and uh, if you post that, I would I would love it, okay? I'll,
2: I'll tell you what I'd like you to do, John. Hang on yeah. after we're done here. Uh, I've got to go to newsbreak news break, and Rick will get all the information, and we'll, we'll sure get it posted for you. And God bless yeah. you for thinking about the kids and all the Marines have done for all of us through time. Here in the United States of America, we're proud of you guys, and I and, uh, really appreciate what you're doing for the community.
6: Thank you very much.
2: Yes, sir. All right, folks, I got to go to break here. This break is presented by SMI Marine. The 2021s are in. They've got great pricing on them. They've got uh, uh, deck boats, uh, pontoon boats, Starcraft pontoons, and deck boats. They've got uh, Falcon bass boats. They've got the new line of low aluminum boats. There's some really exciting models in the, that low line of boats that I think you are well worth you looking at. Go see them. Talk to Tim Addington and his staff. Tell them I sent you. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And again, we have Gary Roman here. Gary, uh, another Victim of COVID is ammunition. Yes, sir. Very short supply. I hate to inform the public of what you have learned here in this last week, but uh, shotgun shells are going to be a little difficult to find yes, sir. leading up to dove season. Tell us what you've learned.
5: Well, the the whole thing about it is there has been no ammo for the last three months. Now, what people have to understand is The suppliers order this stuff in December and January, and the manufacturers are committed to produce the ammo that's ordered at that time. Now, the issue to it is there's no extras coming down through the pipe. Yes, sir. So um, we have run into, people are buying what we normally would consider dove loads. Our personal protection. Yep. And consequently, they have absorbed all this ammunition that we normally have available for, for Duncan. And I was in three stores uh, just in the last couple of, of days, and they did not have a shotgun shell left on the shelf. Where, where were you, do you know what Walmart. Walmart Walmart's not houses. got them? Had no shells.
2: That's crazy.
5: Now, I don't know what, I haven't had an opportunity to check Cabela's. I don't know what they've got, but they've got to be in the same shape that everybody else is in. I have luckily uh, secured a supply, but I don't know how long it'll last. So if you need dove shells, come and see us. We got them. For now. For now. <laughs> At this point. All right. We have 9 millimeters. Nobody else in the country has got any 9 millimeter ammo. Um, I have 5.56 five, ammo. So we have able to fill uh, the the niches in here. We're having to pay through the nose for it, but at least we got it. Yep. You've got a new line of night scopes in, I understand. Yep. Uh, Let's go over this real quickly. The um, Kentucky has now has a rifle coyote season. Uh, Actually, it's coyote. The night night rifle. For night rifle hunting that will allow you to use thermals on rifles. Anything 6.5 or under, you can put a thermal scope on, go coyote hunting. This now, comes in December 1st, I believe. Correct. And this is, a, it's always been shotgun in the past. Now we can use rifles. And most people don't know, we are the largest purveyor of thermal optics in the whole Southeast. Not counting Texas. That's a whole different story. Right? <laughs> but, uh, we've got, Texas we, got little, don't play. <laughs> we got a lot. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of night vision products, uh, and thermal products. Okay. Uh, we got a couple of
2: seasons we need to talk about cause they're right around the corner real quickly. Kentucky's uh, wood duck and teal season mm-hmm. opens September 19th through the 23rd. They've got a new one. At least it's new to me. Uh, a teal only season that extends after the wood duck and teal nineteenth through the twenty third of September, and it runs from the twenty fourth to the twenty seventh. So you continue to hunt teal uh, a couple extra days there on the on the back end of the wood duck portion of the wood duck teal season. The September goose season this year is sixteenth uh, through the thirtieth which is a very liberal season five bird limit uh it's a great opportunity for folks indiana their teal season runs september 12th to september 27th and uh it's a limit of six birds again, with the two bird limit mm-hmm. on the wood ducks right. in, in that mix so uh, that's something that a lot of folks participate in it's a it's a great
5: season to take it's kids. It's a great 15-minute season. Yeah, because <laughs> it's daylight till the, when the sun comes up. You've got 15 minutes and it's over. That's
2: it. That's it. But it is a great season. And uh, any tips you want to give to people about loads or anything on that oh, early man. season? They're
5: lighter-skinned birds. They're smaller Small birds. birds. Um, sixes, steel sixes. Yep. Still the, the best optimal medicine farm. Okay,
2: very good. Uh, anything else we want to pass along? Oh, squirrels we were going to talk about a little bit here real quick. Uh, tons of them out there. Everybody awesome. I'm talking to it's killing the limits. I'm surprised that the hickory and pignut crop is as good as it is. Uh, I still don't have my head around oaks. But I think I'm going to be a little bit pleasantly surprised on the back end when we... See the maturity out of the acre, so uh, I did want to pass that along. Really enjoyed having you, Gary, as usual. Uh, it's a fun show, as, as always. And, uh, folks, a lot of things out there. Remember your tick repellent, everybody. If you're squirrel hunting, scouting deer, dog hunting, etc., get some tick repellent with Promethean in it and protect yourself. Uh, again, you can join me at Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook. And we'll have tonight's show posted tomorrow at Jim Strader Outdoors. God bless, everybody.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.